0: The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice, and for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, Well, you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and endogenics. Oh yeah, good morning everybody, happy, happy, happy Monday, that's right, it is Monday, the most important day of the week, and today is Monday, October 9th, and today is National Leaf Erickson Day, National Pro-Life Cupcake Day, National Moldy Cheese Day, National Online Banking Day, here's for you, Matthew, National Kick Butt Day. And yeah. Pans Pandas Awareness Day. Native American Day. And it is also Columbus Day. That's right. Thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. We're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And uh, we're also streaming live on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and rumble. So welcome to all everyone joining us from those platforms as well. But uh man, oh man, oh man, lots of shit going on today. I'm just going to kick kick it off real quick cuz there is just just so so much going on out there in the streets today and in the world. But and 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 Gretchen just for you, I tried this new software that summarizes the articles, okay? So I'm trying it. This is my first time trying it. You tell me what you think, okay? A Lompoc cannabis lab averts a shutdown for now. Central Coast has been manufacturing cannabis products in Lompoc without the required permits and best available control technology for controlling air pollution. Arlen uh, Garnett asked... Uh, Uh, Asked the air pollution control district hearing board for an abatement order against central coast which would have shut down the lompoc lab immediately central coast staff uh staved a uh, staved off a shutdown by submitting the final components for a complete permit application for the district the hearing board agreed to a 60-day extension and postponed the abatement hearing to december 6th wednesday wednesday's hearing was the first in the county to consider shutting down a cannabis operation because of alleged violations of clean air rules. The district council told the board that the Central Coast had made progress in the last couple of weeks and that they plan to make more progress in the next 60 days. Central Coast plans to flare off emissions from the solvents it uses in manufacturing effectively turbo-boosting its pollution control systems. The flare could take about seven months to build and ship from Italy. Central Coast Agriculture Incorporated was co-founded by John DeFriel and Thomas Martin and operates an outdoor cannabis grow in Buellton. Also, just so anyone knows, that is also better known as Raw Garden. The company's manufacturing, extraction, storage, and distribution lab is locked in two warehouses at 1201 West Chestnut Avenue and 1200 West Laurel Avenue in Lompoc, and it makes certified organic products from raw cannabis for retail sale. Uh, Arlen Garnett, a plaintiff in the district's case against Central Coast, alleged the company was a major source of reactive organic compounds and that they were emitting 135 tons of reactive organic compounds into the outside air in 2020 while operating without permits. Central Coast officials said they had to hire several engineering firms to design their pollution control equipment because there was no established best available control technology for cannabis extraction. The APCD's existing clean air rules apply to all manufacturing, including cannabis, and the district sent out an advisory reminding cannabis operators of those requirements in the spring of 2019. Central Coast Agriculture didn't have permits, so the district had to file for an abatement order. Central Coast is the only cannabis lab in California using cold temperatures to re-condense and collect emissions and reuse solvents. Uh, The flare that the Central Coast plans to order from Italy will clean up a residual amount of emissions as a backup using the emissions themselves as a combustion source. And Central Coast has not expanded in the past two years and has lost tens of millions of dollars because of low prices and a booming black market in cannabis. Central Coast submitted an application to the district this week but large portions have been redacted only district officials can review that information and the hearing board was surprised by the amount of redaction in the company's materials given the risk of exposure to workers and the public and central coast has been using high highly polluting diesel generators as a primary source of power for nearly a year At his Santa Rosa cultivation sites, the district and Central Coast could not agree on how much the company should pay in fines for breaking the law. Well, 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 what do you guys think about this? Raw Garden averting a shutdown. This is Jason Beck for the High at 9 News. What do y'all think? Uh, Employees and people should have clean air. Uh i i'm i'm all with people having clean air but i think i feel like this is a little bit over the top like it's 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 organic stuff that's being omitted into the air
1: right i'm still working on my environmental engineering degree i'm about uh 50 years out
0: 50 years out i mean yeah yeah i'm doing it part-time
1: of part-time
0: that's the part that confuses me is 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 all of this organicness
1: That part, I mean, I'm not really sure. I know that even terpenes are a solvent and can, can harm or kill you in certain concentrations.
2: Plutonium is organic, so we really need to unpack that word organic. Uh, organic doesn't mean that it's safe, and organic doesn't mean that certain forms of ingestation aren't uh, more harmful than others. Um, they did mention Santa Rosa in the article. woo Sonoma County, woo And to get to a place of being almost shut down typically means there was a lot of things that happened before that. So I think that we're getting half that story there. Typically, uh, especially with all the tax revenue off these businesses, most of these local regulators are not trying to shut businesses down, especially when they've already stood up the permits and those people are already operating. So I would just venture to guess that um, there is a backstory that probably did not include prompt compliance and communication and that the shutdown or the threat of a shutdown was an escalation potentially because of a lack of operator cooperation but I'm just saying.
0: Well, well I would I would hold your hold your horses on on that thought Yaro because uh, there's another story that we're covering today that that actually does go into that a bit.
2: it's for singular. I only have one horse and I try not to hold it while we're recording.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair, fair fair enough. What do you th- think about this Gretchen? Any thoughts? cca agriculture you're on mute
3: i said i was going to agree with yarrow until i heard the horse comment um <laughs> I, I, I i i agree again Who i don't know what the hell they're spewing i'm not a scientist i'm not a ventilation person blah 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 i'm sure they're i i'm not the person to weigh in on this if they were doing bad things they should get shut down
0: I mean, I don't think that they are necessarily doing bad things. It says it's all organic. If and you know the saying, if it's if it's Again, if it's organic, I, I, don't panic. Just,
1: no, but there's all kinds of things called volatile organic compounds. Yeah, they're called volatile organic compounds, and and the word organic, when you come to chemistry like that, it and it has to do with how they're sourced and how they're made. There's all kinds of VOCs, volatile organic compounds, that off gas from spray paint stuff that are really harmful. Is it because they I use really- the word
0: organic doesn't mean it's good for you? So you're telling me right. that that volatile organics is not an oxymoron
3: you're an oxymoron (laughs) (laughs) volatile means
1: it's got a low flash point it means that it will uh, it will uh vaporize Mm -hmm. and or ignite at a very low point
2: and 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 jason you should be able to relate you have a low flash point i've seen you get upset and and you've never seen me upset you said that you're not a ventilation expert, but you come on here every day and vent, so I think you're
3: very qualified. <laughs> I, I would
0: agree with that, Yarrow. That's a, that's a ag-
3: cute one, Yarrow. I would
0: I would agree with that.
3: And all right. I, yep. Speaking uh, of venting, next. Yeah, I was about what to.
0: I, I'm getting there, Gretchen. I'm getting there. All right. All, all this love Lower for New Asia. York you got going on today. Coming up next, uh-huh. she's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and a lover of all things New York, especially their flawed cannabis program. That's right, it is none other than the Miss Gretchen Gailey.
3: I ain't got no time for this, but my headline (laughs) is uh, Justice Department defends gun ban for medical marijuana patients in oral arguments before Federal Appeals Court. A Federal Appeals Court heard oral arguments on Thursday in a case concerning the constitutionality of the federal ban keeping medical marijuana patients from purchasing or possessing firearms. A three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit listened and asked questions as attorneys for Florida medical cannabis patients and the Justice Department argued their sides of the case, which have been fleshed out in multiple briefings over the course of more than a year. Will Hall, who was representing the plaintiff, said in his opening remarks that there are two main considerations at hand that demonstrate the unconstitutionality of the federal ban. Multiple courts outside of the 11th Circuit have already determined that the prohibition is un- unconstitutional. Hull's first argument was that regardless of the legality of cannabis use, precedent holds that simply committing a crime on its own does not inherently exclude people from their Second Amendment rights. The second is that the Supreme Court has created a new threshold for gun restrictions that renders them unconstitutional if there is not a historical analog consistent with the amendment's original 1791 ratification. Banning people who use medical cannabis is inconsistent with that historical context, Hall contended. The Justice Department attorney recognized that there were not widespread illegal drugs at the founding. It's not something that happened until the turn of the 20th century, but he argued that early laws restricting gun rights over drunkenness and mental illness represent historical analogs, that are consistent with the purpose and intent of the federal gun ban for people who consume cannabis regularly. In a prior briefing, it was undisputed that the conduct the plaintiffs wish to engage in is a violation of federal law, and obviously it has been for over 50 years, uh, according to the DOJ. I think it's also significant that we're talking about a violation not just of the law, but a violation that involves the use of intoxicating substances. It's undisputed here that those substances involve the impairment of cognition, judgment, and other skills that are essential to the safe handling of firearms. There were also discussion of what constitutes a law-abiding citizen whom Second Amendment rights are protected. Judge Robert Luck, who was appointed by former President Donald Trump, pointed out to the DOJ attorney that there seems to be a disconnect in characterizing state-registered medical cannabis patients as not law-abiding given that a federal rider annually renewed each year since 2014 prevents DOJ intervention in state medical cannabis programs, and legal states have completely blessed certain cannabis activity. How can we say that they're not law-abiding under that legal infrastructure that exists as it does right now? The government's attorney downplayed the significance of the appropriations rider, stating that it's geographically and temporarily limited. But Lux said, It just seems to be hard to say someone's not law abiding where they are abiding by the law of their state with the imprimatur of the federal government that we're not going to prosecute you for right now until we decide to change our mind about that. And the writer has been renewed not just one time, but has been reaffirmed constantly by the federal government. There seemed to be mutual agreement among the judges and parties that one factor that could help inform a ruling is a separate upcoming Supreme Court case. United States versus Rahimi, that concerns whether a person with a domestic violence injunction against them can be summarily disarmed. A federal circuit court ruled that they cannot, and the case is now set for initial oral oral arguments in the Supreme Court in November. Where that case overlaps with the cannabis and gun rights issue is that it would clarify whether a person who is not law-abiding for any reason can be systematically denied Second Amendment rights. There was discussion among the parties about potentially delaying a ruling until that court is able to see how that plays out, but that hasn't been decided yet, and the timing for next steps is currently unclear. I thought it went overall in that, obviously, we had a panel that was well-prepared, very engaged, and very interested in the topic, Hall told Marijuana Moment. Judges were definitely grappling with a lot of questions that other courts have as well, open questions that have been left out by the Supreme Court cases in this area. Very fair and reasonable questions and things that the court probably will look for for more guidance from the Supreme Court. Uh, I, think, I think this was, a, it sounds like by all accounts that they felt they got a fair hearing from the just, judges in this case. Um, overall, I do think that the courts will eventually find uh, that it is unconstitutional to de- deny people their gun rights based on being a medical marijuana patient. Uh, but uh, this still has a ways to go. discretion for high nine news man
0: man, oh man, oh man. I can't believe that they can actually really make these types of t- types of judgments and and impose on people's rights in this way pretty ridiculous well,
2: it it's, it's it splits our constituents, right? I mean, we clearly have a gun problem in this country, and we clearly have policy the problems maybe- aren't
0: legal guns though. <clears throat>
2: Well, so here's let me let me finish my gru my okay. go ahead right. go right. ahead. Right. You right.
1: violated the tenets of Jason's tribe, Yarrow. <laughs> so,
2: so look, there's there's no doubt that probably eighteen to twenty five year old mostly young men probably shouldn't be accessing thirty round clips in AR fifteen. Why right? not? So Word. This splits this splits, Word. This splits the constituents because we we clearly need some gun reform, right? And on the other hand, open carry was pioneered in the late 60s by the Black Panthers in California, not by a a, a tea party Mm -hmm. in in the 2000s in Texas. And this notion of criminalizing cannabis, giving out felonies like it was Halloween candy, and then taking away people's rights to ever have a gun as a result of a felony conviction— really creates two very different camps. We do need gun reform and we do need to make sure that people who don't have the mental capabilities to have good judgment don't have good ammo. And and when we do these expungement clinics and people get their felonies reduced from cannabis, they don't get their right to have a gun back. And so this notion of destigmatizing cannabis isn't going to really be complete if uh, if we continue to 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 think that people who use cannabis are going to have um, subpar judgment that that is somehow less than somebody who's drank a fifth of Jack Daniels or popped the entire bottle of Vicodin
0: mhm i don't know I, i'm just not for for them banning guns in 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 any shape form what what whatsoever i i do believe that there need to be some mental health uh checks in regards with the issuance of some of these uh firearm licenses and whatnot i'm i'm all for 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 that but uh m- most of this stuff i'm not for at all and i think is a total infringement on your on your constitutional rights
2: well well go ahead the dependency clause if we don't want to go super geeky all i know is that i'm probably not the only parent who has googled bulletproof school backpacks for their young Jesus. children. And so clearly we have a problem that other countries don't and we're going to need to come up with a solution that other countries I think don't that's that,
0: that, that, again Yaro I think a lot of that has to do with mental health um and yeah. and, and and that's why I'm for the mental health checks. I, I don't okay.
3: think Okay. Well, I think we're I think we're getting into two different arguments here. So, yes, this country definitely has a gun problem. Um however, uh to say that someone is being impaired by cannabis and that is why they should not be able to use it It is ridiculous yes plenty of people are on prescription drugs plenty Mm -hmm. of people drink i mean there's so many other legal substances uh that people can ingest and not lose their rights so i to suggest this is ridiculous and i think that's why the constitutionality or unconstitutionality will be uh upheld or overturned or whatever you want to say how long Um,
0: how long do you think it'll take for it to make its way through the court system to get to get uh, appealed gretchen
3: i mean i think it'll be interesting i mean rahimi's going to get hurt in november Mm -hmm. i think if they say that this guy who you know has domestic violence on his record doesn't get to get his guns taken away i don't see how you make the argument that these people are unlaw abiding um and i think it's an interesting argument to suggest that uh, because of uh, Rohrbacher, Farr, Blumenauer, mm-hmm. McClintock, whatever the heck the thing is now, um, that the government has continually uh, given approval and voted this thing through, that that shows their approval of medical uh, medical programs. I think that's and a valid so, argument. Thus, it's not really legal. Yeah, they're not... Un- I don't know why I can't speak this morning. They are not criminals. These aren't people who are not law-abiding. And what's your definition of law-abiding? Exactly. These people are following their state laws. They're doing what they're supposed to. Uh, the government's picking and choosing which laws that they think are, they're not abiding by. That
0: is true. That's, this administration is pretty good at that, picking and choosing.
2: And it's very minority report, this notion that because a future crime could occur, we're going to interfere with your current rights. I agree with that.
0: Um, I agree with you on that one, Jarl. People always worried about about what's going to happen instead of worrying about what is actually happening. I'm with that. All right, all right. We're going to keep this train moving. Gretchen, that was a fantastic story. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, you're welcome. We, we no appreciate problem. you. We appreciate you, so, sure so, you much, mm-hmm. so, so much, mm-hmm. Gretchen. So, 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 so much. Love when mom and dad get along.
3: He's trying not to pay his bills. That's what he's trying to do. He's He's trying to butter me up, St. Germain. I ain't falling for it. (laughs) So
0: silly. So, so, so silly. All right, coming up next. That's right. He is the immortal wizard and the count himself who has traveled and walked along the roads for millions of years, but all of a sudden has ended up here. That's right. It is the count himself, Mr. Matthew St. Germain.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Brother Jason. Happy Monday, everybody. And I've got a crazy one. This is just uh, out of the blue, right? Uh, sprawling Cannabis Campus. A lot of people already know who this is. Closed by Sacramento officials. Here's why and who is suing over it. The city of Sacramento has temporarily shut down a large cannabis manufacturing facility. Pro- swiftly promptly. It's happening to all of us. Prompting an explosive council meeting and a lawsuit. On October 2nd, officials ordered the closure of Natura located on Elder Creek Road near Power Inn Road, citing fire code violations that make the, the buildings unsafe for its 450 employees. The decision prompted over 40 workers to come to last Tuesday's city council meeting. Several were near tears as they begged for the council to overrule the building inspector's decision so they could pay their rent and feed their families. I believe my company is wrongfully under assault, Michael Hicks, an employee told the council. My job and the job of hundreds of others are in jeopardy now. Mayor Daryl Steinberg urged CEO and co-founder Ori Baton to urgently spend money for the construction, citing a Wall Street Journal article that said Baton had recently listed his Los Angeles home for $38 million. I don't begrudge anybody's wealth, Steinberg said, but I would suggest to you that you hire people to do double, triple, quadruple overtime to get this work done in collaboration with the building inspector and fire inspector and get these folks back to work as quickly as possible and or you pay your employees while this work gets done. Ament prompted Baton to jump up from his chair and shout from the audience, causing the council to adjourn the meeting early as dozens of employees filed out disappointed. Temporary closure could result in the facility closing for good because uh, you know once they get off that treadmill of making any money, they can find themselves too far behind Craig Powell, uh, who is the Natura Senior Vice President. Company Thursday sued the city in Sacramento Superior Court, claiming the city violated the company's constitutional rights. It asked for the judge uh, for an order to let the city uh, keep the business open until this is uh, solved. And what they're saying is when Natura opened in 2020, the city repeatedly extended the amount of time to complete the construction, taking the COVID pa- uh, pandemic into account, as well as uh, other factors. And, and Lee, who is uh, the fire marshal for Sacramento, said that fire suppression and protection equipment was missing in multiple buildings on campus. It was not specific, but typically that equipment can include sprinkler systems, and these sprinkler systems can cost upwards of hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to install. I've got a story about that for later. Natura has a 200,000 square foot facility, they're vertically integrated, they have an immersive showroom, and they make a lot of uh products for other people. As a private company, they don't disclose any financial figures. And uh there's going to be some follow-up meetings at the city council if anybody feels like they want to show up and and discuss this uh, in either direction. And for me, um you know, this is a bummer that some locals are being fired at the same time it's kind of a win for the industry because Natura has just been pumping out crap since uh, since they've been up and functional. And uh, it's just another story of one of these folks who came from out of the industry, had a solar company that was you know funded by his mom and dad. He sold that for 50 million bucks. And all of a sudden he's going to come in and ref- reset and reframe the cannabis industry. And it's so funny how we see time and again these folks from other industries who are used to playing fast and loose get into our industry and really uh, hit the wall um, due, due to stigmatization and, and the regulatory nature of cannabis, I could go on at length about this, but I'm really excited for a
0: discussion. So, uh, Yarrow, Jason, uh, Gretchen. So, so, so the status as of now is the is the facility has been closed by the city. Am I am I correct on that? Facility is closed and not deemed to be uh, safely inhabitable.
1: Did they red tag yeah. it? Uh, yes. So the building cannot has been g-
0: red tagged. That means that they cannot enter or exit the premises.
2: Oh, you gotta wait probably, until the red turn slightly translucent to know that it's ready to pull off, and then you go can go into the building. I mean, look, <laughs> here's the thing, guys and gals: if you get a certificate of occupancy for new construction, then the city has said you're good to go. And so hey. you know, I, I have not personally consumed the cannabis out of that facility, but I think these people did a really good job telling the story while they were slowly under construction with a steady drum beat of progress imagery, and they've really positioned themselves, right? So separate from the quality, I know people who've worked there. I see Ori, I see Josh, I see a lot of people being involved in the industry. So again, separate from the quality, cause I haven't had an opportunity to go there they put some time in the saddle I mean, they're, 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 and so in order to get a certificate of occupancy on new construction you have to have gone through all of your safety requirements whether that's structural engineering electrical inspections fire and safety so the challenge that i have is that fire safety code has not really changed much in the last few years since they got that certificate of occupancy my question is What's the backstory that we're not seeing here? How could yeah, they have yeah. gotten a certificate of occupancy and then been so deficient in the construction and installation of those infrastructures and sub sub infrastructures that they somehow now have to be closed that I, I don't understand it. And, 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 and I think,
0: that, I, I think I might have an answer for you Yaro
2: and, 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 and,
0: and, and, and granted I am speculating on this. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent for sure, but I think that this makes sense um i I, when first natura first opened they did not open the full 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 facility they opened enough to be operational and they recently expanded and so i believe that this that this uh, red tag has to do with the expansion that they have done but to me it sounds like it is also affecting the pre-existing structure that they were that 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 originally had the certificate of occupancy
2: that's what i was thinking
0: that makes sense
2: yeah, that makes a lot of sense Somebody put their thinking cap on this morning Before they turned on the internet
0: That's right, they you know disagree. it, baby
2: Cerebral prowess there Yeah, no, I, yeah. I can't disagree Jason's
0: actually bald mm-hmm. that, That's his thinking
1: cap disguised as a hairdo Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Gretchen, this...
2: how do you win yet another bet On this article with Jason here? What's your take? <laughs>
0: <laughs> cute, cute, cute Yarrow Look, she's speechless She's on mute you're fucking
3: wrong. dogs got me on mute all morning uh-huh
0: blame it on the dogs bl- always blaming I everything on the dogs mm-hmm.
3: oh they're my sweet sweet mm-hmm. babies um i don't know i'm sure jason beck is wrong here in some aspect i'm not I I don't I'm, first of all half the time rule number one um, i'm
0: never wrong rule number two if i ever am wrong refer back to rule number one
3: what anyway yep, exactly um I, uh uh, this is weird. I'm agreeing a lot with Yarrow today when I rarely reg- agree with Yarrow. Mm-hmm. I, uh, fire code violations. Yeah, they don't change that fucking much. So th- what the fuck? I don't understand how these people are s- such shag offs. They couldn't be compliant. And and, and
0: I will say this. They have plenty of money. I know they their investor. They have plenty just of money. So that. like money is yep. definitely not the issue as far as a financial oh. hardship being involved with this group. I'm not buying that for a second this is clearly a lack of uh of follow-through on on their part to uh appease the powers that bees and and am trying you to know, for the record
3: facility or yes this is yes yes it's a massive massive campus but i just want to say for the record
1: well, it's the because i'm getting snarky about the quality of their weed the reason i'm getting snarky about the quality of their weed is because the facility is beautiful they have tens of millions of dollars at least they have the ear and the pull of quite a few people who are are, are actually really cool people in the cannabis industry. And it's, for me, it's like watching your friend have this beautiful Ferrari and he's just grinding the gears nonstop and driving with the parking brake on. And it's just like, bro, like, why don't you let somebody drive this thing that can actually honor what it is, you know? And so it's not like just F these guys. It's just like, man, how can you, how can consistently be creating 14 acres worth of some of the shittiest weed on the planet spending millions of dollars doing it and not smoke a joint of your stuff once and figure out it's no good
2: i think it's just because you're anti-semitic during our biggest time of tragedy here whoa
1: dude no thank you
0: yeah no i'm actually i
1: was made an honorary jew by casey kushner when his most is lack yarmulke looked better on me than it did on him oh no sir not one even, not whoa, even one bit, I've whoa, always been a, a defender whoa. of the Jewish people. I love them. I'm not gonna comment on what's going on overseas. I just wanted to just, just nip that in the bud. It's just literally, bro, like people from that facility and organization. I've interviewed for jobs there that I ended up declining. Uh, I, I know who they are, I've been there. They've given me the weed to smoke because I've done Emerald Cup judging and asked me about it. And then I told them and I even instructed them on how to fix it and they it would, it just fell on deaf ears. That's really right. just my point is like, Oh, if I was question. in charge of any company that cost $40 million to build, I would sample my product. I would determine, honestly, if it was good or not, and I would do something about it if it wasn't. It's such an easy thing to see and fix. Everybody out there, go smoke some Natura weed. up in the comments the next couple of weeks and tell me if you think it smell, it tastes like a house key and burns the shit out of your throat or not. Maybe I'm wrong. Quick go question. No, okay, quick
3: question. Quick question go for you, St. Germain, or, or Jason, who may know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I probably do. Do they white label for other brands, yes, or is it for a, they do. a thing? Tons. Who are the tons. other brands I'm, that they represent?
0: Tons, of, tons of different brands, tons of different brands. Like
3: who? That's my question. That you
0: that you would know? I don't know. I
3: just our name and brands. I know a few things. I've been around for I don't a little bit. Anybody Jason out. Beck. Yeah. Well, I don't know Slugger, Slugger, part? Slugger's, Slugger's gummy. Came facts. Slug,
0: Slugger's is one brand that they produce. Uh, what is uh-huh. it? Dun Dun tie uh, like is a gummy brand that they produce. Uh, We're
1: doing Fidel's till he got over the fact that nobody would smoke Fidel's weed from Natura. hmm
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. And I mean,
1: on the that. The
2: dynamic that St. That Germain is touching upon is unfortunately not just that facility. There are a lot of well-capitalized, sophisticated facilities where there is a skimping or a lack of passion for having the most amount of talent in the genetics and operator positions or chair or discussions or decisions and it does it does make a lot of us scratch our heads we're like okay you've got the best facility in the world and nails on chalkboard so i'm i'm appreciative that matthew is willing to have those honest conversations with people not just as an emerald cup flower judge but as somebody who is just speaking truth without you know, kissing anybody's hindquarters or or, or or trying to be polite around things. People do deserve to know the quality of what's coming out of their facility so they don't just fall in love with the shiny blinking lights and the fertigation machines and really understand what the what the outputs are. Um, and, 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 and again, I don't think that this is the only facility that might suffer from that. But Matthew, you do the, the, the industry a service when you say those things i'll be ideally with a little solution and and gently positioned but you're right i
1: offered i offered ori solutions he didn't want to hear it he just did this instead he's like no my facility is worth 40 million dollars you're an idiot thank you
3: do you You think that there are it's
1: like dude imagine if i put 10 million dollars into a chair factory and i gave you guys each one of my chairs and like feedback was bro i've got splinters in my ass from your chair and i was like that's cool my leg broke these chairs you guys my leg broke in my chair yeah, exactly, and it's like, take the direct feedback. sample your product that you're so proud of that you spent tens of millions of dollars on. Realize it's not good, do something about it. And the fun, the, the thing for me, Arrow especially, and thank you, it's like when, when people grow harsh and smokable weed, they drive everybody to the gummy lane. And as an old-school, drug-loving degenerate, I find that there is actually a lot of sensuality and, and immersive uh, uh, sense love in ca- in cannabis flower, in smelling well-dried flower, in feeling it with your fingers to feel, is it dry, is it wet? What is the cure state? And breaking it apart, seeing the iridescent Hearing that crack of the stem. Of the sunlight. Okay,
3: okay, 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 Thank not you. that I don't and love so this, but time out, time this, out, St. Germain. Can because, can I ask you a one question? second,
1: I'm gonna finish this my thought. Because of this, I just want people to have good smoking weed so they get off the gummies. That's Gretchen.
3: Yes, sir. So here's my question: Do you think it is not possible then to produce ca- cannabis on a mass scale like this?
1: Good totally cannabis. is. It totally is. It's 100% so, possible. You then just what have are to they not doing right? Uh, an they're using a, they're work using work. An abundance of hydro fertilizer. They're not flushing enough. They're drying mm-hmm. too fast, and um, they could. Be, I don't know the exact fertilizers they're using, but it's mainly an, a, an overabundance of fertilizer, too much crop steering without enough flushing, either at the end of the day or weekly. Um, the thought that really you should be flushing weed just at the end of your run is ridiculous. What you should be doing is growing with no, a little bit flush of flush every nuts week. and and air on flushing and cleaner plants to keep your tissue soft. A lot of what you're getting, um, and this delves into bro science, so forgive me if I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm just a great weed grower. Uh, a lot of the things that that burn hot are metals. A lot of the nutrients, the micronutrients for cannabis, are metals. One of the most abundant is magnesium. Magnesium. Uh, burns at like fourteen hundred degrees Fahrenheit, right? So if you have deposits of these metals from overfeeding your plants, not flushing your plants enough, you're literally burning metals at plus a thousand degrees in the in these flower tissues. And and, and, and re-
2: Gretchen, I don't I don't like to keep my tissue soft. You know how I roll. But what I would say <laughs> is that what I would say is that there's a constant challenge between. Scale and quality. It's like how do you Michelin star a buffet? There is always this challenge between scale and quality. It never goes away. It is still dependent upon that particular round of cultivation. There will never be a complete technology solution that allows somebody to sit from a thousand miles away and just operate facilities from an iPad. Right. And and oh. so it's it's a challenge. And 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 when you're farming, even if you're indoor or under glass. Uh, Mother Nature's on your board of directors whether you like it or not and and, and so it, it takes a talented team that is continually asking themselves what they can do better and different the next time and Matthew
0: Matthew when can- you-
1: Cancraft is producing thousands to tens of tens of thousands of, of pounds yearly and they've won the Emerald Cup uh, multiple times at that scale Matthew so
0: they're they're showing it's possible Yeah, Jay, Matthew when you yeah. don't flush, all you do is fill your bowl with a bunch of crap. And on that we need to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back
3: relying on 25 years of commercial hydroponic experience king solomon nutrients has engineered the best liquid and dry fertilizer products for cannabis that preserves the crop the soil and the environment through relentless passion research and innovation king solomon has developed simplified cannabis crop nutrition you can trust It was created for farmers by farmers. Don't mess around, try The Crown.
0: Ah, uh, stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed already. And oh, yeah, you can check out all the articles that we cover on today's show at our website at wwwhiat 9 newscom You can go there, check it out, write a little thoughts and share. Let us know what you think about all of this. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The microtexture of the SE Pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. and. With the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient DAB experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys, I have some news for you guys. Governor Gavin Newsom was busy, busy, busy this weekend. Because Newsom, he vetoes AB 1207, a move welcomed by the industry. In a move welcomed by the cannabis industry, California Governor Gavin Newsom has vetoed AB 1207. This bill, also known as the Cannabis Candy Child Safety Act, aimed to further regulate and restrict packaging and advertising of cannabis products in an effort to protect the children. However... After careful consideration, Governor Newsom has decided to return the bill without his signature effectively vetoing it. This decision comes as a relief to many in the industry who have been concerned about the potential impact of AB 1207 on existing businesses and their bottom line ab 1207 also uh sorry governor newsom stated that while he appreciates the author's intent he is concerned that the definition of attractive to children used in this bill is too broad he believes that existing regulations and Uh, Project uh, projections already in place for cannabis products are sufficient and adding more limitations would not significantly contribute to protecting children from exposure to cannabis. Instead, he has directed the Department of Cannabis Control to strengthen and expand existing youth related cannabis protections through enhanced enforcement measures. You guys know what that means. With Governor Newsom's veto of AB1207, the California cannabis industry can breathe a sigh of relief. The potential consequences of this bill on already struggling businesses would have been significant from costly rebranding efforts to fines for noncompliance. This veto is a victory for those businesses and allows them to continue operating without the added burden of further restrictions. It also shows that state officials are taking a thoughtful and practical approach to regulating the cannabis industry, considering both child safety and the needs of business. Now that last sentence sounded like a total AI summary um, in regards to so I'm not too sure about that last sentence. But overall, Governor Newsom's decision is a positive step towards a thriving and responsible cannabis market in California so it can be seen as a win for the cannabis industry. Again, that sounds like some AI chat BS, too. Even though it is a big win for the cannabis industry, no one has to rebrand. You guys can all still keep your social media profiles. And what do you all think about this? Hallelujah. Right? Right? And yeah, Gretchen, dude. I mean, this was just when you read into it, it was just ridiculous the amount of restriction. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that this that this bill even passed the legislature. I can't. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that
2: was that was the biggest challenge. Is it felt very well intended, but ill conceived from the beginning, and the the systemic threat it would have created across brands and anybody that had an image of an animal mm-hmm. or people. Yeah, uh, it, it it seemed very reactionary, and I just am, my concern was how far along this bill got and how much of a present near and present danger it became, <laughs> versus somebody going ah that's just not really well thought out. Um and 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 you know look, I think there is absolutely a threat with age restricted products. I think the biggest one is gummies and I or edibles, and I don't think that that biggest threat uh with age-restricted products in the form factor of edibles i don't think the biggest reason why that's a problem is because there's a picture of an animal on the packaging i think it's because it shit tastes good and you don't know that it's got the marhoochi in it right mm-hmm. and So, like, your kids don't go to the you know your four-year-old doesn't go to the liquor cabinet and start taking shots of vodka because it burns the heck out of their mouth and it's not an enjoyable intake experience and so if you've got something that's full of sugar and doesn't taste very much like cannabis and it doesn't it's not in a child proof packaging yeah that that's a really easy problem and we need to figure out ways to continue to level up because the incidence of kids eating too much cannabis and having to go to the hospital has gone up dramatically right well i think like,
0: a lot of that is because of the cause of the trap market being so so fruitful and a lot of it is just bad parenting and parents leaving their stuff out and so i think it is more of a parenting yep. issue than i think it is a cannabis issue at all period Agreed. <laughs>
2: So if people, new consumers especially, but people in general need to be trained to understand that while there are form factors that have very little risk that your kids are going to ingest it, edibles is not. It's probably the most risky, and to your point, needs to be locked up. Like mm-hmm. anything else that could have a, a negative result if it wasn't locked up. So I, I, I see where the body of concern is coming from, but the notion that, you know, it has to do with the labeling. I mean, ha- have they interviewed any of these kids that accidentally ate too many gummies and went to an ER? And Half say, the kids well, that
0: eat this stuff can't even read.
2: It, well, they, it's not because they saw a particular mascot on the side of a, a, a of a package. It's because it tasted sweet.
0: It's because so, it's candy. Yes. That's what if kids like.
2: Just, if we could just have these edibles taste like the dynamic between your and Gretchen's relationship, it would be so unsavory. None of them would eat any of
0: it. It would taste like honey. Wah! Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just low-key
1: tripping. We were at the network show last week, Jason and I. at uh, a mm-hmm. trade show in L.A., and as I was walking around, I was yeah, interacting with so many friends, and... Looking at their whole booth and just wondering to myself, like, wow, like their entire brand identity is going to be evaporated
0: yeah. if this thing exactly. Passes. Exactly. How many Instagram pages really would, would have didn't. been shut down because of this? Because they weren't allowed to advertise on social media or have any type of brand presence online at all whatsoever. Ours would have.
1: Yeah, ours would have, and I've been making all the reels for it. It's been pretty cool, so. Yeah. yeah that
0: been for me. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to keep, keep this. Just thing. in
1: general, we really need some sort of, like, recognition from the government. Adult stoners love cartoons. Just have to. That has to be like. like How a, about a, adults in general be...
0: love cartoons? You don't have to be an adult stoner to love cartoons. I'm just saying. Adult I'm just stoners, saying you're putting bro, a, you putting get a high, smaller it's box on it. One.
1: Gretchen, you love cartoons?
3: Uh, a few cartoons. Gretchen loves anime. Oh. shut That's up. What, that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I used to read Archie when I was
0: little.
3: Oh, Archie.
1: Oh, that is- yeah, Cup, Cup's, Cup's talking to what, uh, Cup in the comments is talking to what Yarrow said about, he says most people with kids, he knows, if they're edibles in the kitchen, not in a safe place. And that's the number one issue. Like oh, as a parent, silly. yeah, you mm-hmm. should have any recreational drugs you're deciding to do in some sort of lockbox in your room, in a secure location, because your kids are going to get into it. And no matter how much you think you're on them, there's going to be a moment where you're not home and they're going to get inquisitive. We're all curious yep. little
0: monkeys. We want to know what's in the hole. I'm not a monkey. You can speak for yourself on that one.
2: Actually, technically, you're pretty close to a primate. I mean, don't make me go genius. That's not. not, That
0: that, that, that is total fake news. I'm not buying that. But uh, on that, we are going to roll right in to Mr. Yarrow Kubrin. He's up there in the great city of Santa Rosa, even though he looks like he should be a Florida man. That's right. I know he gets mistaken for that quite often, but he does cannabis. Cannabis real estate and just regular real estate, too. That's right. It is Mr. Yarrow Kubrin. Oh, my God. Hold on. There you go. There you go, Yarrow. I don't have my soundboard. Adam has it. So sorry.
2: I need more than just my parking ticket validated. Mm, I need my soul validated. Thank you so much for that intro. Uh, should I read the long form of this article? I, I,
0: I or emailed or... you the short form, the abbreviated version. Yeah,
2: yes. I think we go with the short form. At first, I didn't want to do anything short because I'm already, you know, got to... We already know you have height issues. But uh, <laughs> let's go with the short form on this one. And good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. And hello to you. Uh, Minnesota hemp entrepreneurs worry recreational marijuana could push them out of business. Minnesota's legalization of recreational marijuana is causing conflict between the STEMP's, state's hemp and marijuana industries. Some hemp entrepreneurs of color say the recreational marijuana industry is less accessible for people like them because of federal laws, and tensions have flared recently over conversations about regulating hemp products that contain THC. Todd Harris, CEO of Plift, said he didn't want to be in the marijuana space and that hemp is a more scalable business. Some local hemp entrepreneurs are concerned that a recent push to tighten federal regulations on hemp-derived THC products is an assault on their industry. They envision a future market that favors hemp-derived products for low-dose THC edibles and beverages alongside more potent marijuana-derived edibles and beverages. Minnesota's path to marijuana legalization is unique because the state's first legalized low-dose THC products in 2022, and then it legalized marijuana earlier this year, and the state plans to roll out a tiered licensing system for marijuana entrepreneurs. Harris and other local hemp entrepreneurs are anxious about a letter the Cannabis Regulatory, Regulators Association sent to Congress in September calling for new federal regulations on hemp-derived THC products. They worry that the move could be the first step towards marijuana regulators pushing out hemp in favor of marijuana products. Woo! <laughs> the letter calls on Congress to create a federal regulator for hemp-derived cannabinoids in its next farm bill. The letter to Congress from marijuana regulators calls for a new definition of hemp-derived cannabinoid products, which has Harris and Stephen Brown concerned about the future of Minnesota's hemp industry. The marijuana regulators maintain they are trying to destroy the hemp The marijuana regulators maintain they are trying to destroy the hemp industry, but rather introduce consumer protections to it. Marijuana regulators should speak up on the hemp issue at a Gillian shower because federal minimum standards are needed to address areas that cannot be fully addressed by current state laws. Harris and Brown both say they spend considerable amounts of money to ensure their products are safe and effective. Contradictory local and federal laws about marijuana make it a hard business to succeed in, Harris said. Entrepreneurs of color often don't have as much access to capital as white entrepreneurs to start and maintain a business. Weber acknowledged that some people in the hemp industry may lose some of their profits as recreational marijuana becomes businesses grow under the new law. He plans to apply for a state license to sell both marijuana and hemp items. Angela Dawson, who runs 40 Acre Co-op, said she lost income because of changes in Minnesota's law governing marijuana and hemp. She said she had to let go of all of her employees and get on food stamps for one month to make it through that period. Cannabis Regulators Association's letter to Congress asked lawmakers to establish clear definitions between marijuana and hemp seeds. Dawson said this is worrisome because the hemp farmers need to experiment with all kinds of seeds to figure out how to successfully grow hemp on their soil. This is Yarrow Kubrin, High at 9 News, Monday morning. What do you guys oh, yeah. think?
0: The snake oil salesmen are hard at work today trying to get their products back on the shelves.
1: I think hemp well, should be used primarily for food, uh, clothing, and other industrial yeah, uses. Yeah, industrial and uses. Yeah, it should not be this not CBD
0: products, Delta-8, BS, all of that crap.
3: I think truly the plant, whether it's hemp, cannabis, whatever, uh, should all be regulated equally. Um, and so they're all on the same playing field. So you're for uh, equality? It is... Yes, Jason, okay. I'm for equality. All right. I think that if they are... If it's a product that you're going to ingest or consume, it needs to meet the the same safety standards of any product that you would put into your body. Uh, So whether it's hemp or cannabis, yes, they should all have to follow the same damn rules. If it is going to be used strictly as an agricultural product for clothing or whatever, yada, yada, I mean, it's a plant. Fucking let's start regulating this thing like the commodity uh, and the agricultural product that it is.
0: I agree with you on that part, Gretchen. Without a and doubt, and then you wouldn't
3: have these issues between hemp you. versus cannabis. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the Controlled Substance Act got it got it right. It's mm-hmm. all defined as cannabis sativa L. There. I don't understand why all these regulators can't get it through their heads that it's all the same plant.
3: What matters is the final product.
0: I agree. The final product and the actual processes that go through to make that final product.
3: Yes. For once, we agreed, Jason. Back. What the fuck? Let's look, call it a know, quit. Like awkward we pause. might as well just end the show early. <laughs> yeah. Like Shit. no, we neither of us is used to that.
2: can <laughs> <it looks good. laughs> No dissent. No back and forth. Forget it. We're gonna leave early today. No. I mean, look. Nice try. I agree. I agree too.
0: Good day. Good day.
1: Is
2: it a holiday? It is. is it it a is holiday? a holiday. Yes, it is. A yes, holiday.
0: it's Columbus Day.
1: What
3: does that mean?
2: I thought it was National Dads with Donuts Day, and as soon as this thing wraps, I'm gonna go, you know, eat a bunch of eclairs and stuff
3: i mean what's your go-to donut there yarrow uh
2: actually i, I i'm jewish so it's a it's a bagel um <laughs> yeah it's with israel um so oh boy um, i i i think the challenge here is that you know it's saying like it's a really slippery slope to say that the lower barrier to entry and hemp favors people of color because of the barriers to entry and regulated cannabis and 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 that's a true statement that is a slippery it's, slope it's a slippery mm-hmm. slope because it's out of context right and the context is around consumer product safety right and so we should be able to solve for that issue which is a real issue around the lack of diversity within regulated cannabis as well as the the barriers to entry in terms of the capital like that is an issue and 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 we're not going to be able to unpack that on this show and this isn't the article for it however to have hemp-derived der- hemp intoxicating cannabinoids that are not regulated in the same way that intoxicating cannabinoids are that come from cannabis is a, is a broken system. And I just don't see why these, I mean, it sounds a little whiny for these hemp farmers because we, we're we like behind the curb, curve on actually regulating cannabinoids irrespective of which plant they came from. And so for for hemp farmers or hemp manufacturers to complain about regulation in that respect, Um, seems very much like just maintaining their own interests instead of thinking about the public health interests of not having kids buying... Hemp derived cannabinoids in a gas station, not lab tested, in potency amounts that should never get on shelves. Like there's some real fucking issues here. And if we want to be, if we want to be a responsible industry, both regulated cannabis and under-regulated hemp, we need to take some ownership for what those outcomes are. Because if we don't start to self-regulate, you can guarantee that some entity will come in and over-regulate. And so the the, the complaining about the regulation on hemp. I don't mean to sound like a NorCal cannabis guy, but fucking cry me a river.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, on that, I'm going move to, to move to our last story in the sake of time and just for, for Gretchen's size. And this is some super, super, super important news, you guys. Remember, I told you earlier, Matthew, I told you the governor was busy over the weekend. He was doing all kinds of stuff. And I'll tell you what else he did that really kind of screwed us all. Are you ready for this one? That's right, because we're going to leave you guys with a getting screwed story. (laughs) Governor Newsom vetoes Amsterdam-style cannabis cafes for California a bill to allow Amsterdam style cannabis cafes in California has been vetoed by Governor Gavin Newsom according to Assemblyman Matt Haney who authored the legislation Assembly Bill 374 passed the Assembly with a 66 to 9 vote last month after previously being approved by the State Senate. The legislation would have allowed local jurisdictions to authorize cannabis retailers to prepare and serve non-cannabis food and beverages and to sell tickets to live performances. Newsom said he, ha- he, he had vetoed the bill out of concern that the bill was, was written, how the bill was written, could undermine the state's smoke-free workplace protections, but that he did appreciate, in quotation marks, that cannabis business owners need to create more revenue streams. Haney a Democrat from San Francisco's has said the bill was meant to allow struggling cannabis businesses to diversify away from the marijuana only dispensary model and bring much needed tourist dollars into empty downtowns in a statement released on Sunday Haney said Californians are proud of our state's wine culture and we do everything we can to make sure that our winemakers receive the support they need we need to be doing the exact same thing for cannabis if we don't start by if we don't start better supporting these businesses we are going to lose decades of being at the forefront of the cannabis movement and other states will be ready to swoop in and take it from us well i think you should also approve these businesses might not be able to last so long under this current regulatory structure to actually actually continue to be a business too but nonetheless i'm going to digress on that and see what you guys have to say about this
3: well, I have a question. Yep. Uh, because I'm not a Californian and not totally up on all the bullshit that y'all do out there. Uh, how does this? Uh, what about folks like Barbary Coast and folks who already have some type of consumption? space? So, 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 was so you can have a consumption
0: lounge. lounge. Hold on, hold on. Let me. Let you can me only th- sell them. Sure. Go yeah. Ahead. I was just gonna break this down for Gretchen. So, so, it, with, with having a consumption lounge allows you just to consume. What these consumption lounges, the way for them to make money is is as basically operating as a restaurant and so I got it okay and got so so this, so this law bill
3: was just to add the restaurant stuff this, this was to allow coffee, so the
0: pastries yes yeah, so that that way they could sell food they could sell tickets to events that they're going to have at their consumption lounge all of right. that type so he of stuff.
3: wasn't outlawing consumption lounges he's outlawing the extras that people could have added to their lounge.
0: No. Well, this is the whole thing. Is, is the reason that he said that he vetoed the bill is because he believes that it would um, impact the state's non-smoking indoors laws, now, the whole thing about it is this, is that we already have consumption lounges where people smoke indoors, and th- there's, those exemptions have already been been written in regards to. So to me, I feel as though some lawyer got into his ear and told him to veto this, and I think that, that this law is actually probably, this smoking indoors law is probably very challengeable by some, uh, some, some type of lawyers, and I, and I think that's why they didn't want it, because it would have weakened that law's position.
3: So yeah, what happens we... to the folks who are already in business? I think it was – They still operate as they've been operating. Shop, the
0: problem is that there's a lot of these businesses that are trying to open and want to open uh-huh. as a restaurant model that allows cannabis as opposed to a business that allows cannabis and then has to figure out some workaround to get food in- included.
2: We need to start like a interest group, citizens for a so- sweeter smoke society and just – so,
0: so, so just as, just as, just, just to get, show you one of the workarounds, Gretchen. Okay. So, uh-huh. so, so I was at the artistry last night with, um with, uh, Uka was doing a little uh, demo over there. So I was invited over there to go check it out and, um, there you can order food, but the food comes right. from a restaurant that's around the corner and then the yeah, food I've been in those gets, joints. Gets, sure. gets brought up to you. Now, why this yeah. business can't. Actually, just employ their own kitchen and 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 create their own staff and and have it operate as a restaurant is just beyond me and this bill would have allowed for them to be able to do that
3: right but I'm, my question is, does this bill do anything to shut down consumption lounges if the concern is indoor smoking
0: well it doesn't do anything to close them down in regards with that concern but it does do things in regards to close ones that have not opened yet and 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 further the fact of whether or not they will open because i've talked with a number of different owners and they said that if that if uh if this law doesn't pass and there's no point to even having a cannabis lounge it's just a worthless piece of paper and they should just throw it away
1: it's been very difficult to to monetize the cannabis lounge concept because the majority of cannabis users don't actually intake enough cannabis to kind of push that model forward. Like when you're at a bar, you got a a bottle that you buy from Costco for 50 bucks, and then you're selling $15 drinks, and you got like, what, 180, $15 drinks out of that. People are buying them every 15 minutes to maybe once an hour. Like that's a business model when you multiply it by 50 or 100 people. When you got four guys who go in on a a $10 pre-roll, and they smoke it, and they're fine, and now they're watching cartoons or football and, and hanging out and having a great time. As a business owner, there's really there's there's not a lot of revenue there, and the sad thing is, because of business rent, a lot of a lot of um, offerings to the community um, in in Santa Rosa and elsewhere that could be really cool, there's there's just no space for them. It's hard to have a, a dance only event. It's hard to have a just a meeting only event. Like, how are you going to have a meeting event at a bar type space and everybody just going to dance and and be sober? You know, you can't charge twenty bucks at the door and and pay your rent mm-hmm. when your rent's like fifty thousand dollars a month. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, so coffee and pastries and these little cafe ads would be a cool. huge lifeline to an industry mm-hmm. that's running backwards. You know, it might just let them even just balance
0: the books.
2: I hate to say this, but I could not have said it better than what Matthew Saint Germain just said.
0: Mm-hmm. Look at that man! It's been a very Everybody's agreeable day today. today. It's, it's been like the get along. This thing. is bullshit, man. Man, oh, man. Oh, man. I, I just feel really bad for a lot of these businesses. I know they really needed this. I'm I'm disappointed as well that that this didn't pass. I thought this was going to pass. I was like, it doesn't make any sense for him not to pass it. And it's just it's just total, totally ridiculous. But I really think that uh, that his uh, no smoking indoors bill must be super, super weak and could definitely get challenged. And I hope some of the lawyers that are watching this. We'll uh, reach out and maybe we can do something to challenge this law in regards to smoking I mean, this, indoors.
2: This, this last couple of weeks has been a lot of bills challenging at least the California industry, whether it was SB 51, AB 1207. Like, I'm not just going to start rattling off all these numbers because I'm not that wonky when it comes to policy. I'd like to be, but I'm not. But there's been a lot of challenges Coming from a, a variety of different fronts, whether it was interfering with what I think the best iteration of consumption lounges could look like, or restricting the ability for companies to brand through the use of animals or people imagery, or the the, the cliff for social equity provisional licenses. This has been a very challenging little micro chapter, and, and and the governor signed a couple of them the way we wanted, a couple of them the way we didn't, so uh, it, 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 it it hasn't been an easy month in terms of changes to the regulatory paradigm for operators here in the largest cannabis economy in the world. Well, and
1: you think our legislatures would see the difficulty that the California environment is experiencing and offer
0: help instead of, uh, you know,
1: throwing up further hindrance.
0: That's not what they're doing. But on that, thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you, Matthew. And thank you, Yaro, for joining me today. And thank you all for tuning in. We know you could have been anywhere else today and getting high at nine with us. It is America's number one daily cannabis news show.